Hello and welcome to the One One. I'm BJ Ryan. Episode 159 is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. And we're doing a remote edition of your WA Racing podcast today. So zooming in alongside me is none other than the Perth Racing Guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. How are we? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, it's been a busy week. Been a busy, a busy week. week, isn't it? Yeah, I went to uh, no no rest for the wicked. No, no I went to um, you know, obviously it was a big weekend of racing. Went to the Jimmy Carr comedy show on Saturday night. It was very funny um, with my mate Tommy. And, yeah, right. Where, where was that? Uh, it was at the uh, convention center, the theater there at the convention center. So um, did he did he get you on stage? <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, I wasn't in his line of sight. Famous famous podcaster like you, I thought there might have been a bit of to and to and fro. No, thankfully we were well and truly out of his sight because he did target a few audience members and uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty, it was savage but it, very funny. There's nothing worse. Is there getting pinged? <laughs> At a comedy show or anything of that nature, I, I absolutely hate it. Oh, I want to volunteer, and the person next to you, whoever you've gone with, is going, "Oh, pick, pick them, pick them," and you just want to stab that person. <laughs> just go and get stuff. Well, at the, at the Chappelle show at uh, the arena, the people were volunteering to get roasted. So, um, yeah, <laughs> by Jeff Ross. So that was uh, that was interesting. But yeah, so I reckon we might have been easy targets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gladly, uh, <laughs> gladly we're in the in the uh, boondocks there. But uh, yeah, good weekend of racing. We've got footy coming. Um, everyone's getting their scrambling Finally. to get their uh, tips in and their dream team fantasy ready. And of course, I'm very sad, Terry, because my uh, my favourite TV show at the moment, The Last of Us, finished up for season one on Monday. So um, but yeah, everyone's of- big on the last. Everyone's big on the. I watched an episode when I'd finished the form last night. It's it's not bad, but a lot of my mates are uh, raving about it. I'm I'm giving it a six and a half. That's it. Uh, are your mates um, that are raving about? Are they parents, by any chance? They are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Might have something to do with that. Might have something to do with yeah, that. But okay. uh, but no, I, I've enjoyed that. But succession starting soon. Footy starting. The autumn carnival was heating up. Um, yeah, and that's. Should we do some footy tips? <laughs> Let's give our we, – we did it last year. Um, I think we might have had Cripper on the pre, pre-round one show, not far before. Let's do a quick flag, Coleman and Brownlow. Go. Oh, I put you on the spot. Flag, I'll go Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brownlow, I'll go What's his name from Melbourne? Clayton Oliver. Okay, Clayton Oliver. He's mm-hmm. ready to win one. And what was the other one? The Coleman. Coleman. Oh, Nat Fife. Nice girls. <laughs> Nat Fife, dearie me. Yeah. Sadik, Sadik's just tuned in. He's happy with that. He's giving you the uh, the all clear. Dearie I think I think I think, okay. uh, I think listening to Daniel Sadik, of course, friend of the show, on the way home from Pinjarra <laughs> the other day. Uh, I think I'll have to have something on Cam Zerhar for the Brownlow because he was very bullish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Neary me. All right, flag, Deary flag, me, uh, Brownlow Coleman. Terry. Uh, Melbourne, Brisbane, Dow draw. We'll have two grand finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Steele, Brownlow. Everyone's forgotten about Jack Steele. Dominate. They'll finish fourth last and he'll win by six votes. Coleman. Look, we'll go with Taylor Walker. I reckon he's uh, Tex. Value at 50 to 1. So, yeah, Tex. Everyone's thinking about big Darcy Fogarty. Uh, they're forgetting about the main man down there, Taylor Walker. So, that's the way we'll go. Will Ashcroft from uh, Ruben Ginby, Rising Star. Quite yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, 
I think if Fogarty played West Coast every game of the year, he'd win the he'd win the <laughs> Coleman. But he always seems to keep four, four or five against. I might win the Coleman if that happens. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, you said that we were uh, we were a big chance to make the eight. Have you adjusted or are you holding? West, Co- West Coast. Four, I think I was saying top four at that stage of proceedings. <laughs> um, oh, look after the preseason game versus Adelaide. It's and Nat Nui and Yo's absence has obviously a little bit more uh, trepidation in regards to that. But no, I'm I'm quite confident of a, an improved showing and it's good to see three debutants more than anything I, I hope that uh, we see some progression from the uh, the young fellas and you never you never know you never know we're a different team to last year yes yeah I agree at least there's some there's some uh, talented youth coming through and give them a go and I think um, I think if we can get this win very important round one against North away if we can uh, if we can get that win on the board takes a Bit of pressure off um, coming back to <laughs> coming back to Optus for uh, for round two. I think we're taking on the Giants or something like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, can't wait for the footy to start. Of course, the traditional blockbuster Richmond Blue uh, Carlton tonight to kick things off. So um, can't wait. But the racing last weekend, quick, quickly just touch on it, Terry. We had the Bunbury Stakes and Bunbury Cup won by Bernie to survive and blazing away respectively. Your horse, Halatorian. Super, I thought, in the Bunbury Stakes. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a real little bulldog, that horse. So he, he ran his heart out. But Bernier to survive, landed in a good spot, produced at the right time by Lucy and and saluted for uh, for Jason Miller. And, gee, that Bunbury Cup was wild, wasn't it? Gee whiz. Yeah, well, it always – I mean, there was always a chance that was going to be the case without any obvious speed in it. And um, General Grant was pretty brave to, to come back again. But uh, I think like you, BJ, it was a – wasn't my favourite weekend of the punt, which is probably an understatement. But um, when uh, no apology got out to five fifty, five eighty bet fair, I thought I'm going to have a proper bet here. And um, yeah, in all fairness, couldn't have asked for a better run. Like followed it into it. Lucy was really good post race. If you listen to her, uh, she just said, "Look, I thought Casino Seventeen would keep kicking, so I had to get going." Then, if if I knew that it wasn't going to be the one to chase and the one to beat, I probably would have been a bit more patient before I hit the front. So. Fascinating insight from her, but I think she's being pretty harsh on herself. I thought she gave it a, a 10 out of 10. But um, yeah, funny one with the Casino 17. I, I At the time, I was a bit critical of Chris. I'm thinking, oh, you could have just been patient, but I don't think they've gone all that quick. And that's how it's been winning. They've, and I told, I said on last week's podcast, it's very hard to sustain that sort of way of winning, like moving into it at the 8, 9, 1,000, sustaining a 1,000-meter run. I, I think if he's more patient, he wins the race. But um, he's also following the blueprint they've had for success recently. So, um, yeah, funny old Bunbury Cup. I reckon there'll be a more patient ride, Casino 17 of the Pinjarra Cup, and it, it might be able to make amends, I'd suggest. 15 points, 15 rating points for Blazing Away in the uh, mini upset there. Last, um, so what's that, roughly four four Metro wins for his Bunbury Cup success. But um, He just about copped that. Yeah. Um, Joey you get to, now you get to go to have a crack at a Pinjara Cup. Yep. Um, yeah, you, you just about copped that, I reckon. I was, I was thinking about it afterwards, actually. There's been a few leaders in some of those lower ratings races. I wonder if they thought about going there with a horse like Bold Success because they would have got to bowl along out in front. And Bold Success is... There's not much between Bolt Success and Blazing Away on their day, realistically. So it's a funny one. Like you, you don't want to race out of your grade too far, but when you get to a certain age and you sort of think, wait, on these these opportunities are probably few and far between. It it does make some sense, I think. So good on them. 
All right, well, we moved to Sunday and we had the mm. three odd features the Natasha Stakes and the JC Roberts. Dan Morton won both races with uh, She's Fit, the filly in the Natasha, and another Chino in what was a very strong um, Roberts at the finish there. They ran fast time and uh, Demolish was brave. Uh, I think the first four home were all, all super under the circumstances. Yeah, they certainly were. It was, um, yeah, a wild old tempo that uh, it was a big red hawk big red out hawk, in yep. front. I think they went 10, 12 lengths quicker than uh, quicker than bench. So Demolish hasn't been nommed from what I can see for the derby. It's not in the markets at least. But, um, oh, look, I, I think on that run it's – it was the bravest, um, the bravest run of the lot. Uh, in saying that, another Chino was presented pretty early, ran the quickest uh, six to four of the race for another Chino, which showed really good staying potential to still be there going and running big splits late as well. So um, Axman's jazz will only improve. Um, Just confirming, no. Because the shades went on. No, no uh, derby nom for demolish. Yeah, you'd expect that's the way they're going, though, wouldn't you? They've got obviously one more run in the meantime. All right, so yeah, the Phillies will, will of course, now head to the WA Oaks. That's next Saturday, and the boys into the Mel Vista, the 2200-meter Mel Vista. And then two weeks following the Mel Vista will be the WATC Derby. We've got some West Australian flavor at uh, Mooney Valley this Saturday. She's a belter for William Pike in the All-Star Mile. She's on the quick backup after a third her fighting third in the Coolmore Classic last Saturday at Rose Hill. Then we've got Maya Bellamy making her um, Victorian debut in the Typhoon Tracy Stakes, William Pike to ride. And Luke Fernie's Wild Bell will also line up in the Typhoon Tracy as well. Wild Bell will be ridden by Jordan Childs. Uh, one interesting tidbit for um, a great day's racing at Mooney Valley on Saturdays in the boat. Might be worth keeping an eye on this horse in race six. Uh, at, at the Valley on Saturday. Lindsay Smith is a trainer. Lindsay Smith has a caucus slot. So if he wins and wins well, um, he could be in the frame for Smith's caucus, uh, caucus slot moving forward. Yeah, it's all happening, isn't it? The caucus, uh, I think, did Bella Nipotina go poorly the other day? Bella Nipotina was beaten almost 10 lengths in the new market, which wasn't, oh, dear, uh, wasn't ideal. And there's was a few horses that were expected to sign a deal post new market and they all went um average or below average so none of them are well coming you reckon it looks like the top one or two in the roma cup will get a start i'd say so because of the 14 slots they're gonna have to they're gonna have to draw the field from somewhere um kissing mm. off four cheeks um had a couple of missed calls from dan morton uh, last thursday rang him as soon as we finished recording and um he informed me what was going on there so she's uh uh, got a throat infection and has to have a break from training, so she's missing the quokka. Um, that means that his slot now becomes open. So there's, um, yeah, and I've, I've, I'm hearing whispers that Bustler's just about ready to sign on the dotted line. Uh, Tricks of the Trade has a couple of offers on the table as well. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a query as to exactly how many Eastern States representatives are going to make their way over. Jeez, I don't, I don't know if Tricks of the Trade over 1,200 is going to be uh... – Overly competitive, is it? Well, like it's you not, know, you know, I'm a, a red can. You know, I'm a red can man fan, but I would mm. say not out of ten times, red can would beat Tricks of the Trade home 
over 1200 meters about eight or nine times so um, uh, i guess a really good point of let's say five or six season stages come let's go seven so half the field okay yeah. you've got amelia's jewel already locked in tricks of the trade from what i'm understanding is already locked in so you got five more slots now brad's uh made things easy for us by doing a roma cup market uh, mm-hmm. before noms on um on tab touch and he's got miss kentucky as your favorite um Millie's jewels there so forget her uh red can man's next bustler's next uh then you got snow dome who was nominated this weekend it isn't actually didn't actually accept so yeah. something's gone wrong there or they're going first up in the roma cup mm-hmm. um is an interesting one you got top of the pops and baby paris the next couple and i mean top of the pops it looks a really nice horse but i mean this, it just suggests that yeah it is a little bit sort of thinner and, and it could be a four million dollar race that perhaps doesn't have the depth we initially thought and that's just because the eastern staters the main eastern staters haven't turned up and i mean with danny as well with with the morton racing they, they've bought their slot obviously with um did they buy it while elite street was still racing yeah it? yeah absolutely because you've got elite street will chino and kissing all four cheeks so that's geez that's stiff that's stiff you've got three good sprinters you're <laughs> thinking oh one of one of them you know we'll give this to one of them we'll see how they're all tracking so um yeah things will open up so look even with our little horse, Halatori, not suited at, at weight for age whatsoever. And we're still tossing up if we go to the grandstand or the, or the Roma Cup next. And I, I'm very much for going to the grandstand. It's a far easier race. But <laughs> just looking at that and looking at the possibilities, you sort of go, geez, how many times are you going to get a chance to maybe go around 30, 40 to 1, um, finish top two? And you could uh, you could be in a $4 million race. So we love to dream. Yeah, well, anything can happen in the in the great game, Terry. But um, yeah, mm. more will be revealed when it comes to the quokka. But got a feeling that it's just it, it might might be a little bit underwhelming in its in its first edition um, without a huge name. And I tell you what, that Everest form that Shades of Rose is going to bring across to the West that looks uh, quite outstanding, really, when you line it up against uh, what it's likely to be taking on. But um, yeah, as I said, I we'll- think it's an East, it's an Eastern States race. If if an Eastern Stater comes across in form and. Yeah, you'd think it's an Eastern States race. Just the, just the way wait for ages is is set up. Yeah, big big watch on what Bob Peters is going to do with his slot, I think. So with his contacts and connections over on the East Coast, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, dealing with um, with a horse that could make a bit of a splash. So, um, yeah, we'll see what comes of that. Because I can't, I can't think of a series of white runner that's going to um, represent him in his slot. So I imagine if he's going to, proceed he'll want um something pretty good representing him so see what happens there yeah 100 percent. well jerry let's take a break and when we return we will get stuck into the preview for ascot this sunday it is rock magic stakes day okay it's time to partner with betfair and preview rock magic stakes day bj ryan and terry layton teaming up to record episode 159 of the one one this is your west australian racing podcast and it's just shy of 12 noon on Thursday, the 16th of March. We've got an Albany meeting kicking off about 2.30 this afternoon. Seven races there from the Great Southern Ascot and the annual Pingrup Cup Day this Saturday. And the weekend wraps up at Geraldton on Sunday. Crayfish Coast action to wind us up. And uh, don't forget, BJ, to stay tuned uh, for info on how you can enter the Market City meets. Get our stakes competition and uh riley dot morgan's gonna have to wait a week to take on his next challenger trying to take the second step in the rung and um, technology is just far too difficult when we're zooming in to try and do a mastermind so we do apologize <laughs> but it'll be back bigger and better 
for uh, the WA Oaks edition next week. 100%. Yeah, we can't have any any controversy um, due to uh, technology playing up on us. So we'll uh, we'll park the mastermind when we're back face I never to face. Heard from, we never heard from Mitch again. Mitch didn't uh, continue his protest last week. He must have he must have reviewed the footage and gone, fair enough. <laughs> I've been beaten there. Uh, who, did, who did the – what was the protest last week? Uh, Taj on Mystical Man. That was wild, wasn't it? <laughs> Third versus second and first. Oh, dearie me. Like, probably should have won the race, but – yeah, I don't think there was much in that one. That was the uh, definition of a throw at the stumps. Unfortunately, he was three hundred. He was three hundred meters outside the ground. <laughs> that horse is uh, is racing really well, actually, isn't it? They're doing a good job. Certainly is. It yeah. might be better on. It's one of those ones that goes well on dirt. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to catch on dirt because it tails off and needs a race to be run to suit. But it just might be a better grass horse. Mm. All right, very good. Um, what about you, Terry? What's happening in uh, your busy schedule? Can the listeners find you? on any of your other uh, programs or platforms this weekend? Uh, I'll be on with Miles tomorrow and uh, probably on with Gareth Saturday morning, see if the phone rings. So that's it. Nice and simple. Keep it simple. All right. So one, one reminders, uh, the one, one, your West Australian racing podcast is available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. So please download, subscribe, like, follow, And if there's an opportunity to give us a five-star rating, well, don't think, just do. Let's get cracking uh, because it's time for the Ascot Track Report brought to you by Witten's Irrigation and Design, whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Witten's. All right, so we're in the uh, (laughs) five-metre, we're in the five-metre rail position, maximum of 28 degrees. Uh, Winds are southeasterly, tending subtly during the day. Um, No real rain this week and it's going to be another Another, it's been some beautiful weather last couple of weeks. Um, mm. Good park weather, actually. So, uh, good for expected on Saturday. You know much about the five minute position, Terry? Uh, last time we raced there, it was very on speed, but there was a fairly strong easterly on that particular day. So, maybe we can attribute that. Uh, to that, so look, I I think um, with the wind swinging around to uh, – it's probably even more of a southwesterly throughout the afternoon. Um, should be a nice fair day. It might be early doors with a 12 o'clock start, better off on speed, but uh, just allow your speed maps, I think. I'm not going to overthink this one. All right. Uh, we've got a – we're very short on jocks this way. There's no pikey, obviously. We've got Clint, Sean McGrady, Lucy, Luke Campbell – just to name a few, I think there's more missing as well. So yeah, Lactar's um, Lactar must be due back soon. Yeah, I think it's um I think it might be Lucy Warwick's wedding. Ah, right. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so even Congratulations. Yes, congrat- congratulations, Lucy. Uh I think yeah, Sean O'Donnell's out injured, Jason Whiting's out injured, so we're um we're just we're we're just hanging on at the moment. Mm. So race one to kick things off is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap. It's a seven-horse field over the 1,000 metres and at the moment, Sir Mambo and some sort, Walker and uh, Walks and crew in the ownership there of some sort, they currently head the market. Bit a bit of money around for like a Jaguar this morning, which um, I kind of like, but he hasn't uh, – I like him coming back to the 1,000, but winning isn't, uh, isn't something he does very often, but he won't get many better setups than this, Terry. Yeah, not many of these. Not many of these are, are uh, prolific winners. You could say this. This is a bit of a. This is probably the a bit of a prelude to the West Coast Kangaroos game round <laughs> one, isn't it? Ah, uh, dear. Um, I marked some sort of a clear favourite. This could be the What Up Walks handicap um, <laughs> potentially. I'm 
I was in a little group chat earlier with Crip and Dane and Crip uh, actually said, or Pete actually, it was Pete that said he can't believe how good the setup looks for some sort and he's, uh, he's bang on and I think we were all very happy that it went up a price we just simply didn't have to back it at. Yeah. So I don't think I, I don't think I want to back some sort, but um, geez, it's a, it's a fair setup. It should lead. Uh, my baby Blue James double nommed. It's also in on Sunday. The, the race on Sunday looks horrible for it. Um, with a lot of speed and drawn wide. So I think they'll probably still go oh, – I'd still go this way. Um, but you put that in the breeze, you got Wild Front and City Angel as the two horses probably behind them. Sir Mambo's not super quick. So just be mindful about it. Um, giving If My Baby Blue Jean comes out, it's great for Sir Mambo because mm-hmm. the breeze then becomes a big opportunity and it probably makes some sort of longer price. So if My Baby Blue Jean comes out, you'll get a smaller price about some sort and it's less of a chance of winning as well because I think um, some Sir Mambo is a big chance to sit in deep here from barrier five or uh, being a little bit further back with My Baby Blue Jean in the race. So key scratching to watch on the day, I would say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly what you look for in a map for a leader over a 1,000. It's early in the day at Ascot. The Breeze horses, My Baby Blue Jean, who's gone, City Angels on your back, it's better than it, and Wild Front's going to go around 100 to 1. So, yeah, if it, its last two runs have been superb, some sort, all the form around, it's great. Um, yeah, it, it, should, it should probably be winning. Uh, I don't know why that's that funny. It should probably be winning, but, yeah, I'm pretty happy not to back it as well. Like a Jaguar and uh, is flying, easily second favourite, uh, equal second favourite with Sir Mambo and um, – Silken Eyes isn't going that well, but if if they all stop in a hole, it's the one that can find form and, and might be suited coming centrally from last. So, um, yeah, yeah, it could be. Good yeah, luck. I, be I would have been pretty excited to hop into some sort of four bucks. Yeah, Silken Eyes could be that uh, the horse that zaps them all late. Um, yeah, I kind of yep. I liked like a Jaguar um, more as a six dollar chance. I see it. Probably about four fifty at the moment, but yeah, it's hard to hard to tip into too many of these with confidence. Uh, like the Jaguar was the one that I wanted to be on. Um, just going to wait and see how it shakes up on on the day. Um, good luck to the some sort boys. You're right, it is a it is a good setup. What was a really good run the other day? Um, had a bit of a checkered package after passage rather after getting crossed. Um, just that cross meant that he had to get out. No, well, he was up, what is unable to get out and around and work his way into contention. But that straight thousand at Pinjara two starts ago, as you said, Terry, the format of that race has been has been really really strong. So some sort the Ganjimis are flying. So the so the yeah you're right. It does look the the right setup for uh, for Brandon Louis the Ganjimis and some sort. So I'm going to just hang around Betfair, but more than likely I won't be won't be playing unless like a Jaguar is more like a six dollar chance. I think. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. And, uh, yeah, watch for that scratching okay. potential. Race two is the Amelia Park Handicap. Over the 1,600 metres, the rating's 66-plus event, uh, 54.5 kg minimum. And uh, another small field, just a seven again, pay one, two. For race two of the day, Mount Nash dominates betting and he will be looking to dominate the race rolling along out in front. Yeah, he will be. Deserves favouritism. Um, there's no doubt about that. This might be one of those situations where losing the three kilos isn't uh, isn't ideal because I think the horse gets along very well with with Luke Campbell. And um, obviously, Chris is the number one uh, rider at this meeting. Um, but for that type of horse, the three kilos is pretty it's pretty handy, you know, especially a jock like Luke who 
I think a lot of us have got a lot of faith in pretty early doors. So look, Mountain Ash is is my market elect, but I'm nowhere near the the two dollars twenty or whatever price it's gone up. It, it could lead and win. Good on it at that price. That doesn't really bother me. Um, I thought a, a horse that it's just it's been super all prep. It's it's had a couple of missteps, but uh, minus looks gets a senior on should tuck in. This is the type of race where I think being on Mount Nash's back or in that running line is going to be really favourable. I can't see an obvious breeze horse. I think Mount Minus Looks can stalk Mountain Ash and don't know if it's good enough to get past it, but I don't think I don't think it deserves to be near 10 bucks type thing. And it's probably not a horse that's going to be very well found either. So uh, I think Minus Looks gets the run of the race and I love the the jockey change there. Um, Friar Esk is going super. The big thing for me with Friar Esk is how do you map it? Because mm. I don't know who lands in the I don't know who lands in the breeze here. There's no breeze horse. I can't imagine first up with Go Bella. They'll want to go forward. Maybe Mr. Mount Walker lands there, but again, do they want to race in the breeze? I don't think they're winning from the breeze. So it's a tough one. It might be a line that Friar Esk almost ends up in by default yep. without cover. So mindful of mindful of that. Um, my bet price Friar Esk is 770. So it's pretty close at 750. Um Arnie's boy was huge in Esperance. Brad went up really short at Tab Touch. Uh, everyone else has gone up a lot longer, but it's one that will probably continue to drift and might be worth consideration on the back of minus looks. Uh, it's came back really well. I thought Arnie's was uh, super at Pinjara first up as well. Yeah. In the um, Be Optimistic, Bragwell Friar -esque. race. So, Friar -esque, yep. Yeah, if you compare the run of Friar -esque and Arnie's boy, and Arnie's boy was first up the mile and no trial, he, You'd almost say Arnie's boy was the better run. There's not much in it. So, um, yeah, very much uh, worth following. The, the Esperance Cup run, second up, trying to lead but never getting there and still being there at the end was, uh, yeah, it was super. So, <laughs> beat the bro looks under the odds. Um, for me, it's it's never been – I think it's been placed once past 1,500. And I know it was looked a good thing licked last start, but they were all coming from the back. So, I think beat the bro is probably bare bones at five bucks. Go Bella has had two runs with winkers on in its life and it's won both of them, but just at the mile first up, maybe it might need it from a sticky gate. So maybe it's worth taking on at five, six bucks as well. So yeah, look, I think minus looks it's the way we'll go. Friar Escanani's boy might end up bets, um, but yeah, minus looks. Cool. All right. I thought, yeah, Mountain Ash for me, if if rated well out in front by Chris Barnum, we should be able just to pinch this, but the price isn't uh, isn't anywhere near my. I was held at sort of two fifty ish. Could get it as low as two forty. I thought. Um, so, but the uh, the danger I thought on just these two runs is prep from one is Arnie's boy. So mm. I see Brad went up four eighty or something like that. Brad uh, locally, and then he's now you can get like nine dollars or something like that. So that sort of looks like from a betting point of view that's the looks like the way i'm going to go at the moment arnie's boy at the at the nine dollars plus yep no i can 100 percent see that you always it's funny you know which horse brad's going to be on don't you <laughs> <laughs> he goes up a certain price and they uh and they wobble out so yeah no it's yeah hard to talk you out of arnie's boy i um yeah, I've actually noted that it's one I probably want to be on. I might have just been a touch, a touch long, or maybe a touch aggressive with minus looks 
one way or the other. But I thought Minus Looks was really brave last night when yeah. Sydney Deep and coming again yeah. late. Um, it's only been to the mile once this time in, and it was in it was in Jero. Geez, that Jero form is stacking up though. It's really stacking up the the form in Jero. Corn Cob, um, Minus Looks, thought they see them. And all right. There's just yeah, everything. Edmund, yep. Like the, the Jero form is is the is the definitely the country form to follow. So. Um, yeah, uh, I think at the at the shorts you can try and get Mount Nash beaten. Cool. All right. Yeah, uh, if we're going to do that, you're going to play that game, then it'll be Arnie's boy for me. Mm-hmm. Race three is the Dudley Preston Handicap. Three-year-old rating 60 plus, 1,200 metres, and uh, gee whiz, that super session was impressive the other day, wasn't it, Ian? The market is, uh, has reacted this morning. Odds on $1.90, $1.95 for super session after um, slashing – Thousand meter victory last start steps up to the twelve hundred. Chris Parnham going on to replace um, uh, unavailable Clint Johnston Porter. The other horses that are sort of roughly similarly positioned in the market: Prawns Eleven, Leniency, Melkar Pindari's had a bit of a wobble this morning. And the other horse that I thought might present a bit of value, be interesting to see how you price this filly. Is Export Girl down the bottom, number eight, Terry? Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I don't know if the twelve bucks is is huge. Yeah. Um, it was a very confident win at, at Albany. I'm not. You don't really need to even look at that Albany run, to be honest with you. I thought the trial before was so so, um, a nice enough trial. Look, the the big thing for me is, and I I I've got Sean McGrady as oh, he's probably just about the four man in. In WA at the moment. Anytime Sean's off one, I'm 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 giving it a bit of a knock. Um, like doing the, even doing the markets today for Albany. It's Jared Noski, and he's obviously riding really well. But it's still probably a length off Sean. Um, yeah, I think so. I think that price is probably bare bones for Export Girl, but it, it's got definite upside. And and you go back through um, some of her runs last prep, even that second to Rusty Dream. So I think will be a really, a really nice horse. Um, yeah, you could definitely make a case, but you just, the good draws for the other ones, Super Session 3, mm. Prawns 11, 4, Malkarp in Dari 1. Like, where's she going to end up? She's a, a chance of breezing if they go forward again. Um, how aggressive so are they? So we've look? got Cosmopolitan Girl leading. Yeah. And then I, I, I guess, I, presume. I guess Leniency is, is the other go forward horse from there, from 7. Yeah, it's, we say go forward horse, but you look at its career, it's it's um it's been forced into that role. It wasn't super quick in its trial. Funnily enough, blinkers go on. Mm-hmm. Um it's never worn the blinkers before and it trialed super, um, sitting deep without the blinkers. So it's a funny move, isn't it? First up to lob the shades. But maybe they think uh, he's been working super with the with the shades on and why muck around not just put him straight on mm-hmm. potentially. I thought they would have worn him in the trial if that was the case. But um yeah, that's an interesting gear change. But I, look, leniency is the X factor horse here. Um, real unknown. Um, could land in the breeze, could be give a really strong kick. Suspect with those three drawing well, especially super session, they'll they'll get leniency late, but we just don't know how good he is. So um he's a, a massive watch horse here. Uh look, I think super session will probably win the race, but dollar ninety five's nowhere near a bit. For me, um, rise to twelve hundred should only be suitable. Does have to carry more weight, and it is its fifth start in a debut prep. Bj, mm-hmm. so there will come a, a moment it does pop. Um, uh, yeah, the rest of them are about on their uh, right prices. Um, I thought one cool gal could try and be ridden forward from the wide gate. It's a tough, sticky old map, otherwise. But 
It also doesn't really jump all that well at times either. So, yeah, look, I think Super Sessions one to beat, but nowhere near a uh, bet price for me at dollar ninety. So the two Luthwaite runners, William Luthwaite, um, mm-hmm. uh, Prawns and Melka. I, I just I just feel like the the positive Pike tactics backfired on Prawns the other day. Yeah, he's, I just don't think he's that kind of horse. He's a he's a ice cold smother uh, launch late type horse, and he just sort of. You know, just trucked when he got didn't have a bum to follow there in the street parade snipping over race um, a couple of weeks ago. So it was two of those actually mm. for Pike. It was Senorita Dorothea as well. Yeah, exact same setup. Yeah, both of them you would have wanted cover if you were on, and both of them ended up in the breeze, and they probably forgive runs. Yeah, well, he's gone around a dollar eighty that day, and mm. in and yeah, and, and it just wasn't suited by yeah, even though it says second, second outside leader, whatever, but that's just not his go. So. Um, smothered up from four, I think Prawns Eleven is dynamic enough to to make things interesting late. Anyway, if he gets a crack at him, good weight swing on Super Session for their uh, battle at Pinjara yeah. as well. Yeah, and I mean even mm-hmm. even if we're doing the SP profile that day it was six fifty Super Session, and what was uh, Prawns was like three sixty. So I know we've got more information now mm-hmm. in regards to Super Session, but still that, at that moment in time it was. Um, Prawns Eleven was um, was sort of spruik, being spruiked. so yeah, I think he might he might fly under the radar, especially if there's continual money for for leniency. So uh, I'm just, yeah, mm-hmm. Prawns smothered up could be could be dangerous late. Yep, I agree. I mean, I think the the major aspect as well is Pike off uh, on a sit and sprinter, yep. even though he didn't ride it well last start or uh, we'll ride it to its strengths last start. But I think that's always going to influence the market in that sense. But a lot of these are going to be suited. The thousand back to the twelve prawns, eleven Malcarp in Dari super session. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's a good little race, and I just think with the extra weight, uh, as good as super session was, um, it's going to need to be at its best, and it does lose Clint as well. Once a jockey gets to know a horse, it's very helpful. So, yeah, he was he was um, able to get it out a- moving, like even though he was sort of pocketed by Thomas mm-hmm. Magnum, then Thomas Magnum took off. The horse still was unimpeded in a way, so Chris is going to have to yeah. he's going to have to try to manage an unimpeded run because it's going to be hard to accelerate from a standing start basically if you bottled up with 59 kilos because some of these horses aren't slouches so um yeah yeah I, the the weight and the maybe bottled up from the draw could be something that leads to a super session you know being a good thing beat type thing yeah exactly right mm-hmm. it's look it's it's all about racing luck and at a dollar 95 you're not you're not probably getting the price for racing luck so if super sessions a horse for you I'd, I'd i'd probably hold fire i'd i'd be surprised if you don't see something starting with a two um late on the exchange but i think um the way i'm working i'm trying to do bet prices now bj mm-hmm. so i'm 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 i need two dollars seventy to have a bet on super session but the rest of them it's very unlikely any of these will get to a bet price for me which i'm pretty happy with okay so yeah i'm at the price at the moment and the way i'm expecting the market to to shape up prawns 11 around the six dollars might be okay for me and i'll spec on export girl i think she's a filly with with real upside um inform yard and so look out for her, her making a making a bit of a splash there late in the race as well. So race four is the Glenroy Chaff handicap over the 1800 meters and Weapon Sun, Birdie Eagle, Cisco Joe, and a couple of others uh, all did battle in the same race last start. And at the moment, it's Birdie Eagle currently 
270 basically across the board. Then we've got Weapon Sun and uh, Cisco Joe fighting out for second favourite. And the rest of them are $10 plus in this eight-horse, 1,800-metre race. Yeah, it looks uh, pretty presume, uh, pretty, what I was going to say, very obvious sort of looking map. you got the three stayers, so you'd think he'll probably drop out. Even the four stayers with Ryan Flirt from seven. Um, Taj on Weapons, and it should be a pretty easy move for the team to just go to the top and roll along and – um, super brave from the breeze last start. I thought Weaponson was, but I, I do think Weaponson loses something going from Pike and Luke Campbell to, to Taj, but you also gain something from finding the rail. So, um, yeah, really good race for Weaponson. I think Rationale might go to the breeze, BJ. I just think it might be that time and it's prepped to, um, try something. Otherwise, where do you go? Do you end up behind the, the, um, do you end up behind the the stayers or do you try and I just don't see where there's a spot for it. I thought Rationale began and was very positive last start. So that's a that's a possibility for sure. Breezing with her. Yeah. Yep. And and watch Brad Parnham's ride on Birdie Eagle. They understand this horse very well. It is 10 times better with a smother. So Birdie Eagle will be very keen to let Weaponson go across park on its back. Um, and I think the biggest danger for Birdie Eagle here is Tar, and it's probably a danger for Weaponson too, is Taj going too slow. Yeah. I think the strength of both of the horses is Weaponson bowling along out in front and Birdie Eagle not getting cluttered away and um, going along happily and sort of getting off its back at the at the top of the straight and i i watched the last 100 meters of that race just a few times um just to sort of get a feel you, 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 for me it's the three favorites the 273 20 it's hard to suggest that any of them are gonna the table's gonna be turned it's really really hard to suggest so i sort of watched that last 100 again and and birdie eagle i thought was still the strongest including cisco joe through the line um so it's I, I think with normal luck, Birdie Eagle parks on weapons and peels out, and, and it's too too good. So I, I think Birdie Eagle's uh, anything. I think I marked at two twenty and bet price anything north of two sixty. So I think bet Birdie Eagle's a pretty easy investment for me. Mm. Do you think there could be a weapon sun wobble betting wise? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I do. Yeah, I, I think Weaponson will um, drift out a bit. Uh, Jesus Christ! But you, look at the market, Beach. Tina Kutu is ten dollars yeah. coming off a setback last week. First up at eighteen hundred with the Apprentice on. So it's not a, it's not a deep race. Like I, I think, yeah, I was trying to make a case for double digit. First time I've seen a senior for a long time. I was super second up last campaign, but geez, my case didn't didn't go all that far. <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I think it's a, a simplistic look. I've got Roman Flirt um, as my clear fourth pick. Fifteen dollars bet price. It'll it'll be a saver for me. Uh, hit the hit the line brilliantly, and I think the two previous rides on Roman Flirt for Trevor Toey, they were um, pretty ordinary steers. I don't think Carberry gave it much of a chance. You could tell in his body language it was sort of top of the straight giving up type thing. And Kira really rode it out last start and it ran the quickest last two of that race, one by Birdie Eagle, VJ. So interesting. Up to the 1800, it's suited if if maybe you can kick it out and just about find the 1-1 one, one on the back of Roman uh, Rationale mm. who's underneath it. I was, I was thinking um, Steve, could, Steve, you might be positive on, on uh, Roman. Mm, I, think, I think they should. Yeah, I think so. And if it can find uh, the 1-1 one, one back of Rationale, it could be a blowout mm. um, type thing. So, yeah, that's the way I'll play this race. Probably... Probably one of my main betting races, I'd say. Pretty keen birdie eagle, and I will uh, i won't lose on Roman Flirt. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still felt like Weapon Sun was the run of the race the other day. Birdie Eagle was able to tuck in, and then when behind the leader who was Chevelle de Varga, and then when 
Luke Campbell tried to improve uh, outside of Brad Parnham. He just flushed him and um, then he copped a bump from Pike on Be Optimistic trying to get out as well and he still was able to balance up and hit the line. Just, yeah, thought he was awesome really. First crack at 1,800, which will be interesting. Uh, you're right about the Pike-Campbell to Taj dilemma, but um, if he can sort of get to the, get to the front and raid him and give him a good kick, he's just such a – Bloody hard horse to get past weapons on. So I know I like Bird Eagle as a horse as well, but he's just a determined horse weapon son and not many horses can can get past him. So uh, if he can get out $4 plus Betfair, then I might even be tempted to, to have a crack there, weapon son. Yeah, definitely wouldn't talk you out of uh, out of weapon son at all. Um, yeah, no. nail on the head. All right, let's take a break, Terry, and uh, – what usually happens at this time, anyway, is our Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind, sponsored by our good friends up there at the Mundaring in Butchie O'Connor. It's been the heart of the hills since 1899, located Jacoby Street, Mundaring. Uh, if you're beautiful weather predicted for, uh, for this weekend, so if you're feeling inclined and you're up that neck of the woods and drop in and see Butchie and his team, let him know you listen to the 1-1 feed, flutter, froffies, I think it would have been Butchie Shout if Younger Lass had uh, got the result there in the opener on uh, Ascot on Sunday. Could have been anything there for the, for the man. But, uh, yeah, um, red carpet treatment for sure up at the Mundaring. Okay, we're back with race five is the – what is it, Terry? Uh, it is the shaft clean handicap. <laughs> the key clean handicap, 1,000 metres, 66-plus event. And, uh, yeah, interesting running here. Number five, resuming from an absence, top of the pops, three-year-old taking on the older horses. He uh, heads the market at the moment. And then there's some race fit in form opposition in Moi uh, Thomas Magnum, Mantelli, he is dreaming. And El Capone flying in Esperance. Josh Brown's making the trip to Ascot this Saturday with a team so but um uh yeah the interesting part of this race is is the uh is the dan morton train top of the pops hasn't been seen since last october when slashing fourth in the uh three or classic behind snowdome terry and yeah, al capone's going like wings down in oh, yeah. it's um it's just a different all i reckon they've i reckon harrow's loaded up the wrong horse it's probably he's dropped off Gemma's son or something <laughs> i think down there he's uh, i don't know if it's al capone here you may um Yes. Well, so top of the pops is the horse that Danny mentioned the other day. Uh, I couldn't find the article. I was looking for it last night um, about because obviously Morton Racing have got that quokka slot. Mm-hmm. He mentioned top of the pops name it just in conjunction with it. Not that it was going there, just as a you know small possibility. Yeah. So as you mentioned was, in the preamble, mm. the 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 ranks have sort of thinned out with the retirements of Elite Street, Wilcino, uh, kissing all four cheeks is going to miss the autumn now. So, so really, from a Morton Racing point of view, it's it's Star Trade who will be racing first up in the Roma Cup as an option, and and a bit of X factor here in Top of the Pops, who very well regarded. Ready, uh, won four from four as a two year old, and was pretty stiff in that three year old classic when zipping home and you know uh, almost breaking thirty three seconds for his last six hundred. There never really saw daylight. Unfortunately, a track who were the who was the other stiff runner? Uh, laced up heels, I think, wasn't it? It was yeah. laced up heels. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there was a track work incident following that run that um, looked like being very nasty. And while it wasn't pleasant, he he sort of escaped 
um, he escaped quite quite fortunately and and um, just required a bit of bit of time off and he's returned to that faultless preparation. Two trials have been you know excellent without the blinkers on. Blinkers go on. Um, Chrissy Parnham from nine, so he'll just uh, that's the outside of the field here. He'll just ride him conservatively and uh, see whether he's good enough to round him up and uh, put him away. Yeah, it's a um, fascinating little uh, little setup in that sense. I mean, you've got a you've Danny is someone you've got to be wary what you listen to at certain times uh, in the industry. But Danny is someone you've got to uh, yeah pay attention to when he mentions uh, when he mentions that type of uh, type of business. So I presume because they trialed on Monday, the thought process here is go well um, and then look at um, Aroma Cup in two weeks potentially. I'm sure there's other ratings races. Yeah, there's a there's the ratings 66 plus 1200 is the race that we're going to – so he's going to get two opportunities in ratings races to to show us what he's got um, or to show Dan what he's got. And, um, yeah, like Dan – Oh, because they've already got a slot. Yeah. yeah, they don't need to show off a slot holder. So, yeah. yeah, of course. So the – I think lots of people's ears pricked when I think Dan threw Top of the Pops's name out after his first tr- trial. There, I think Julio went on radio and and mentioned it, and it sort of um, shocked a few people. Um, but yeah, internally very well regarded horse, and um, I, I guess you know Dan knows what a what a you know top class thoroughbred looks and feels like, and uh, he's got a lot of faith in this uh, this uh, Top of the Pops. So. Yeah, as I said, he's going to get two opportunities rating 66-plus company this uh, Saturday and two weeks from now. And then, um, yeah, if he's uh, if he's showing signs that he's up to it, then, um, yeah, I think he might get his opportunity. That's uh, that's a fascinating one, isn't mm. it? Uh, it's it's interesting because the horse had never raced over 1,000 metres until the three-year-old classic. It's, it's debut prep. It was um, all 12 and one 1,400-metre assignment. So um, to trial – to come back first up in the thousand meter race uh, for Stevie Parnham and, and run as well as he did, it sort of alleviates a bit of the stress here in regards to well, is this going to be too short? Does he need twelve, fourteen? What what do they think his best trip is? Um, but the thing I think that looks because I went this is the type of race where you go, oh, this is going to go around even money. Do I want to just try and get it beaten from last first up? But I sort of looked at the race and I thought, well. You've got um, out in front, you've probably got Bopping Blue and Zoo Shine. They've got big weights. Um, they're both queries, you know. At the end of a 1,000, Bopping Blue's a real straight horse, but there's been really good money this morning for Bopping Blue. I've noticed it's about 15, 20s into 10s with most agencies, so it's a, it's a good little early move. Um, but look, at the end of the day, I think they'll get they'll get got um, from those behind them. So then the next two in running uh, after those two, I'd say it'll be Mantelli and Moishois. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to suggest Moishois with 61 in The Apprentice after the after his claim. That's, it's it's going to be gotten. Mantelli's always going to be got because it's Mantelli. So let's say the winner then probably comes from behind that pair and obviously Thomas Magnum should be on the back of those lot. And then it's going to get the first pop, you'd suspect, alongside Classic Magnus um, and getting past them. 
um, which means top of the pops um, will be one, maybe two horses behind Thomas Magnum. And just with that X factor and what it brings to the table, as long as we aren't seeing a massive on-speed day. And the good thing with the current price is I don't need to dive in at 250. Uh, if it starts shorter, so be it. I won't have a bet. Um, but I think it's probably worth just having a look on Betfair, seeing if some money comes for a few of these others and maybe backing a good horse first up at something near three bucks. Mm. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, that I, I started my market with a flat two dollars top of the pops, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. you can yep. you can get a bit, um, you know, when you've when you're internal, you can get a bit um, overzealous. But so yeah, I ended up bullish. I ended up two dollars twenty five. Um, so yeah, yep. um, what you're saying would uh, would definitely tickle tickle my fancy. I can just see him um, just being ridden patiently out the back, going around them and just gobbling them up late. Um, and as you said, I think I think we're going to get an opportunity to. There'll be some people wanting to lay him, and I think there's going to be an opportunity to have a bet late on Betfair on, on a good horse. So I like your thinking. Exactly right. Yeah. If Acromantula, for example, was in this race, I would not be keen to have a play. Uh, Acro- just on a, a leader that you've got faith in that's going to give a kick, and because you might have to run a, you know, a thirty-one and a half second last two to uh, last six to. To get them. So, um, yeah, it's just the fact that I expect these leaders to come back to them and um, and the race shape should suit something with cover and, yeah, you've got a good horse. So, um, I said to you off air before we started, BJ, I'm doing more prices, bet prices rather than just doing a market. It's just, it just makes things simplistic. If it's my bet price, I'll, I'll have a bet. And I, I've i got the bet price in a 78% market is $2.70 and Brad went up two sixty five. And as I said to you earlier, I just laughed because <laughs> I tossed up between two sixty and two seventy. I'm trying to be very, very uh, precise in that sense. So um, yeah, we'll wait for the exchange and, and see if we can get some two seventy. That's the magic number for me. What do you think of- Might be ambitious, what do you think but we'll of see. Pops' trials? Yeah, good, good. Uh, the first one, um, yeah, no, both trials were both trials were great. So, the, but neither neither had the shades on. I'm always aware. I'm always wary trialing on the Monday racing on the Saturday, but it, it wasn't all that hard to trial. And yeah, it will back Danny. Danny, and he knows what he's doing. Very good. All right, race six is the Mrs. Max handicap uh, graduation one metro win minimum of fifty five kilos. This is an eighteen hundred meter contest and uh, awesome chatter has been, yeah, Adam Durand has been sort of trying different things with this horse and it's paying dividends. He was a slashing third, two starts ago. I think it was behind Mountain Ash and Birdie Eagle. That form reads well. And then he, while he did have every chance, he, he got the job done at Pinjarra last start. But uh, Alan Kennedy jumping on, uh, replacing Clint Johnston-Porter. Fear the win is racing well for uh, Daniel and uh, Ben Pierce, the Pierce brothers there. And the other horses in single figures is Wee Ripper and uh, Bandolera Bow in this 1,800-metre graduation, Terry. Yeah, so you know, race market's pretty much bang on. I, 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 To be honest, I couldn't have much less interest in a race than this one. Like, you look at the biggest roughie, that's sometimes a way to look at the race, and you got around about the $20 mark, you've got Miss Alfie, Duchies, Demerit, Ella Fella, like none of those three are winning it. Ella Fella, I, I want to keep following, and there'll be a race soon. Maybe this is it. I'm going to miss it, fair enough, but... I mean, they've got to be $50, $60, $70 chances. So the one of the three favourites should win it. Um, I, I even I include Wee Ripper in that. Do you, do you want to be on if, any of them? Though? If Wee Ripper gets the right one from – not at those no. prices, no. My, 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 look, my bet price Wee Ripper was seven fifty, so it's touch and go, but I, I'm not – 
I'm not jumping in to be on. Troy would have to just find the back of Awesome Chatter and bring him into the race. Um, awesome Chatter loses. Clint drawn a bit sticky, but it's going super and hard to beat. Fear the Wind was a great run last start. Uh, Maps would probably be ahead of the other two. Um, and it probably makes the most sense, but um, just how much trust I got with Fear the Wind is touch and go, but it probably deserves a slight favoritism maybe on map, I guess. Um, but look, Bandelier are both eight bucks, Kentucky Blue 10, Frankie Blue Eyes, Devonia. Deary me, BJ. I'm, um, yeah, <laughs> struggling to be on any of the three favourites, but definitely couldn't back against him. Yeah, yeah, I marked Fear the Wind favourite. He's, he's coming off a third behind Caramundi mm. and Mountain Ash. Um, so you can take a, you can line up that form in a way through Awesome Chatter as well, through Mountain Ash. Um, Chris Barnum goes on. Last up, Fear the Wind. Probably if he stays inside, he he might even go, he gets the run that Caramundi gets and, almost wins that race last day. And Clint made the decision to go out and around Thoroughgood and that presented Sean McGrady and Karamundi with the run inside, cut the corner and nabbed Mountain Ash late. So fear the winds, uh, you know, rock hard fit, racing well. It's going to get a good run from six with Chris Parnham on board. With your bet prices, just interested what you what you had, Bandolero Bow and Kentucky Blue marked. Uh, longer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bandolero Bow 35 from that gate yep. and Kentucky Blue 31. Yeah. So, yeah, I marked this to – this is a 75% market mm. as well. So, um, I, I, I looked – I probably should have been kinder to Fear the Wind. It does tick a lot of boxes, to be honest with you, from a speed map point of view. I, I would be surprised if Fear the Wind doesn't start favourite. And, look, the $4 at the moment is probably over is what it's going to start, but – I'm okay with that. I'm okay this this not this not being my race. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm tipping fear the wind for what it's worth. I wouldn't be surprised to see a improved mm-hmm. performance from Kentucky Blue on the quick backup. Neville flying just thought he just had no no luck at all last Saturday. Actually led them up early and then in a weird race got shuffled back to uh, almost last um, with 600 to go and never really got a lot of galloping room. So he can improve and um, yeah, but from a yeah, for the sake of a tip, fear the wind. And Justine Erkland is going to go try to go two sad days in a row after Friar away. Upset Let's Steal last Saturday, Terry. Yeah, it's funny. Let's Steal got beaten. And then um, Casino 17 was 230 or two bucks into $1.70 on Betfair, isn't it? So I said, watch that form reference to some degree. And it didn't, didn't, didn't deter punters, did it? Well, even the figures were crazy for the Let's Steal race. Like it was a very fast 2200 meter race. And Fry Away is just sort of the nine-year-old camping out the back and yeah. just, just just ran over the top of him. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, it was it was a really nice ride from Jade. It was it was just probably the beneficiary of being the one that was tucked away, fall back the fence, and couldn't make a move. Yeah. I think I think a lot of them got confused and thought whoever was on front, whoever was in front on the turn, won the race. Mm. I think there was a lot of confusion um, amongst <laughs> the uh, the hopes in that one because uh, Gee, there was some moves. Yeah, there was some they, moves. They, they missed. They missed. They misplaced the post. <laughs> Actually, the, the the three staying races or middle distance races last weekend were all all very uh, interesting watches. The the far away let's deal race with all the mid race moves. The Bunbury Cup with um, Casino Seventeen making that big surge mid race, and uh, even um, the Natasha on Saturday with Admiration Express being um, going forward and finding the front. There was um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was good watching, but it was interesting. I, even I think a lot of people might have been a bit disappointed in Let's Steal, but I just thought he just got dragged into all that 
everything that was going on in front of him with all the mid-race moves and just left him a touch vulnerable late and far away spiked on the day. But maybe uh, Justine can get uh, Wee Ripper to spike on Saturday because the team's not going too bad at the moment. Have a look at Fry Away was a little dagger in my heart because <laughs> I, um, I've, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and I just I just didn't think – because it's an, it's a purely an Ascot horse. I think it's something like 25 goes at Ascot for five wins and it's had another 25 starts elsewhere for zero wins. Like, it's quite incredible mm. how it is purely an Ascot horse, but uh, unfortunately I wasn't on board. Witten's Irrigation and Design. They're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner-operator Craig Whitten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state, especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Whitten's Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Whitten's. All right. Okay, this is this is something we can at least sink our teeth into. This is more like it, Terry Race. Mm. Supremacy stakes for the two-year-olds. Things are really starting to heat up in the juvenile department as we head towards the Karakata Plate and 1,000 metres supremacy stakes. I was reading somewhere that Simon Miller's won seven of the last 10 or 12 supremacies and um, looks like he's got a mortgage on- It's about to be eight. Yeah, it looks like he's got a mortgage on this one with uh, Live to Tell. Huge um, boom on this, Philippe, $1.95, and he's actually going to saddle up the second favourite, Prospector's Pick as well, around the $4 mark. And um, just interesting that Prospector's Pick, part-owned by none other than RileyRacing.com Morgan. It certainly is. What a that's a nice little pick-up, isn't it? The dot-dot. Swear to God. Yeah, like it, uh, it's – Dot-dot-goose. Tri- it's trials have been very impressive. Raw, but impressive, and um, they certainly ta- have been. Yeah, and takes on the uh, the uh, the filly in Live to Tell, who uh, was beaten on debut by none other than Brave Halo in the initial plate. Trialed since mm-hmm. um, trialed a couple of weeks ago, and just absolutely blew her rivals away. Looks a serious filly. This one from thirteen of thirteen. Patrick Carberry, um, aggressive early, terribly. Oh, I don't. I don't think so. No, I think that'd be dangerous. Maybe, maybe that's what they'll do. But I, geez, you, you look at that speed map. I reckon Shell Bell will be, and it jumped super in its trial. Uh, you'd think for Barry. Pre- yeah, listeners, we just had to take a quick break there because I got evacuated from the uh, the Belmont City Library. I don't know if any of those um, sirens came through. <laughs> Coming through the recording, sure Jen would have taken them out, but yeah, just had to get quickly uh, evacuated from from the building. So we've had a bit of a halt in proceedings, but we're going to dive straight back into the supremacy stakes now. We'll just prior to the break, we're just discussing whether tactically Patrick Carberry lived to tell. Your thoughts, Terry, from Gate Thirteen. Oh, my my thoughts are it's very quick. No mm. doubts, it's a very quick horse, but um, and I. I that's what worries me about backing either of the stable mates. You wonder if they're going to say to Prospectors pick to Holly with Prospectors pick. I just, um, if I watch for the stable mate to come across or, you know, like Prospectors pick doesn't look like the cleanest jumper, but it looks a great master. Yeah. And with Crystal Gold in 11, Shell Bell in 12, and Lifter Tell in 13, drawing that rail, um, it's got to be a big chance of um, mastering up and leading. Like that, that really should be over the 1,000 metres on debut. That should be the thought process for me. Yep. 
I'd be so from from there. I look, I yeah, I, I think Live to Tell is going to be the better of the two horses. You, you've we've heard all the than whispers from the uh, from the yard, but this is a, a really interesting setup in that sense. If you've got a really nice horse that can hold the fence, run time out in front, um, yeah, a lot needs to go right from an outside alley for a horse. Live to tell. So Amelia's Jewel one on debut sitting and Amelia's Jewel one all of its races, just as a comparative to mm-hmm. last year, um, doing all that. But it was trained. She was trained in her trials and whatnot to, to take it back and settle, and that was part of her education from, from a – public sense at least so we haven't seen that with lifted to tell all of his trials uh, all of her his her bj her, her, trial. her all yep. of her trials have been um all of her trials have been without cover uh just leading and running time and running great time you know fairness so um yeah it's just a different kettle of fish so um definitely not for me at the two bucks a bit like admiration express last week if you're gonna have to lead a race it's a different it's a different setup so lift to tell probably have to take some cover here yeah um, I'd suggest, but um, yeah, who knows? You, you wouldn't think Shell Bell for sure is going to want to try and find the front. Yeah, Bondi Bubbles is a very interesting runner, and um, that's your David Harrison. Typical, they trial a few months ago, then race first up in a good race. And the only reason I'm not sure about Bondi Bubbles is the fact we usually hear a bit of a whisper about Harry's good ones, and yep. I, I personally haven't heard anything. So, and there's been no market moves either. So maybe that's a, a sign. This, um. This isn't as well regarded by the yards. Uh, more special goes quick, but I think the other ones go quicker. Um, even a couple of the others. Charlie Jane was quick on debut. Platinum Shot was quickish, but they'll be happy to sit. Um, so, yeah, a lot of this will come down to intent, but I think Prospector's pick should be able to muster through and lead and live to tell might be looking for a back on a three-wide line. Mm, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also with the character plate a month away, of the, the the which will be the obvious grand final for live to tell, it's probably not worth busting a gut first up in the supremacy when you've got the gym crack and the caracatta and possibly even the um, the size to come. So tactics will be very. I actually very thought they'd scratch from this. Yeah, I actually thought he might scratch just with that game. I thought he might just go second up into the caracatta another trial. Um, yeah, it depends. I, I don't understand that aspect from a trainer's point of view. How badly you think it sitting? Because there's got to be a chance you're three deep, no cover the trip here. Yeah, even four deep, no cover the trips. Some type of chance. Like how, how much does that take out of a horse, considering what you've got to come? So, okay. um, yeah, fascinating. But it's also super quick. Maybe it's gonna get across with Shell Bell and sit outside Shell Bell, sit in the breeze and win by four. So, yeah. yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think they're, they're talking it up like this is uh, something out of the box, live to tell. But Prospector's pick, you're right, if Holly can get him, get him to begin and hold the rail and give a kick, like he's pretty fast. So you, you'll, it'll take a fair to get past him. The horse that caught my eye at the trials just, on, on debut was Zip Away. Sorry, Terry. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to say, just on Prospector's pick, just some, for some uh, context on the trial, um, it ran a comparable time to Comfort Me um, in a two-year-old trial. It was like a super time. The horses that have beat home comfortably in the trial, at its prior trial, it beat home Home James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third horse from that trial came out and won its next trial as well. So it's a really good form line from a trial point of view. Um, it's had the two of them and, um, yeah, it ran on. So does tick quite a lot of boxes, as does Lift to Tell, okay. just with the awkward gate. Yeah, so I was, the last thing on this race was I was taken by the trial of Zip Away and I thought the first up, the debut performance was excellent. If he can begin well enough from one and hold a spot – I know it's going to be tough because he hasn't shown a lot of gate speed in trials. And I kind of had Zipway marked around the same 
as Shell Bell in my market. Shell Bell is eight fifty compared to Zipaway fourteen dollars, and not expecting a huge amount of support there for Zipaway on the day. So it could press up towards twenty dollars Betfair. So I'm going to keep my eye on on Zipaway, and you know, um, if there's if something goes pear shaped and there's a there's an upset, then just the way that the Parnham camp are going, this horse looks like it's got some talent. I wouldn't. I, I might even speculate on Zipaway late, close to start time. Yeah, I got nothing under sixteen dollars after the first. Actually, yeah. Mark Prospect has picked uh, a slight favourite, knowing that it's not as good at, with raw ability as the other horse from everything we're hearing. But just on the setup of this particular race, so um, anyway, Prospectus Peak will be an easy bet for me here, but nothing major. Okay, race eight is the Rock Magic Stakes, the second of our features of the day. This is a new race, one hundred thousand dollars set weights and penalties over the one thousand meters. This is two weeks prior to the Roma Cup which then leads two weeks into the quokka so they've added this race onto the program and uh we've got red can man quality individual he makes his return since uh last studying in the gold rush massimo the fellow 107 raider both of those are, are well in under the set weights and penalties conditions then you got some thousand meter horses specialists and of course the resuming philly baby paris who uh, hasn't been seen since running second to Sniperucci in the Jungle Miss Classic last spring. So, Terry, what are your thoughts on the uh, the initial, the inaugural Rock Magic? Oh, well, the 1,000 metre aspect um, is the probably the most interesting part for a lot of these sprinters. You know, Red Cam Man's only been over the 1,000 once, and that was when he won his maiden. Uh, many a many a moon ago now, so it's it's a fascinating aspect the the thousand meter scamper. But Red Can Man is a great trialer, um, a great eleven hundred meter horse in recent campaigns. It's taken this will test you. It's taken Elite Street. Like he just seems to run into a better one that just <laughs> is suited under the conditions or coming through. And I I oh, look for me. This was a very easy market to to mark. I, I I don't again. I'm it's disappointing for me. Sean McGrady's not there. Mm-hmm. I'd love Sean on, um, but with the punt, hopefully we're not losing too much. But I I just think pound for pound, set weights and penalties, a thousand meters, uh, especially with the map where Baby Paris is going to be comparative to Red Can Man. It's just Red Can Man's the only one you can back here for me. It's just this looks it's racing. I think it can end its um end its runabouts in WA, which is nearly three years, actually, yeah. AJ. They're bolting yeah. with Peter Nucky on about three years ago, I think. So yeah. two and a half years, three years ago. Yeah, you're right there. So, yeah, if this is if this isn't Red Care Man's race, and I don't know if there will be one. Yeah, I'm with you there. This is this is a perfect setup for Red Can, especially with the, the gate eight for Baby Paris. I know it's not necessarily just a all guns blazing speed horse, but should be a pressure thousand, which will Red Can will relish from three. If Paul Harvey just can just keep him rocking and rolling and out of strife and just moving mm. into the race, he'll, he should be able to bully bully these red can like. And if you go back to his Gold Rush run, and um, he uh, he um, if he lands one one rather than the astrologist, I reckon he goes very close to winning that race. He just got pushed to the fence by Pikey on the astrologist, and that was the that was the difference there between between um you know finishing fifth i think he ran to finishing top three so and even mm-hmm. his winter bottom run had no luck at all prior to that ran second in the colonel reeves that form just seems vastly superior um and yeah red can see's gonna have him wound up for this and for the roma cup next week and like what you said yeah. if this isn't his race and i don't know what is yeah exactly right i mean i, I the thing i really 
focused on. I didn't really worry about anything past 1,200 for a form reference. I just wanted to see, okay, over a thousand, because a thousand meter, this is a thousand meter race. We need to remember that. Um, so, f- and first up, it was a first up, last prep, second to this will test you, massive gap third. Previous prep, second to Elite Street, massive gap third. Now both over 1,100 meters, you know. So, there isn't a huge difference in this. When when they've met Massimo and Red Cam Man in similar type setups, 1,200 or below, it's always been Red Cam Man that I've been happier with with the run. Uh, I thought it was a better run. So, um, look, you can understand there'll be some um, sentiment around the track for the, the Ganjemis to win this race, uh, the Rock Magic, the mm-hmm. first Rock Magic. And uh, Massimo is, yeah, it's it's the weighted horse alongside Red Cam Man, but, um, yeah, it's Red Cam Man for me. Baby Paris... Is a thousand meter horse, BJ, definitely in its favour. But look, I, I think something you can look at with Baby Paris is last preparation took on Snipperucci, carried fifty one and a half. Snipperucci had fifty five, um, and, and couldn't quite. Uh, it was Snipperucci was clearly classier than Baby Paris there, so she's going to have to go to another level and then find a spot which has her close enough to Red Can Man, or hope Red Can Man is on the back of the wrong horse. Um, and and that's how she comes into it. So, yeah, it looks red cam man for me. My bet bet price, and I'd, I'd be happy to take this on the dot is two sixty. All right, Jerry, good summation there. Let's keep rolling into actually, what time is it? Yeah, it's a it's a Zoom edition of the Get Out <laughs> Stakes. Bj St A K Yes. Got ya. Got ya. That is the wrong way around. The extremely popular. That's a good word. That's a good wordle. That's yeah. a good wordle one, actually. S T A. I don't use steak ever on Wordle. I try and use a different word every day. S T E A K S. S T E A K S. Very good. Are you still doing Wordle? Of course. No. How come of you don't course. post them on Twitter? 98% every day? wins. Because I've got some self respect. <laughs> Not much, but just a little bit. <laughs> All right, the extremely popular Get Out Stakes is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show with his team out there. Uh, tre- tremendous operation, Market City Meats. So drop in and um, and say hello to Timmy and his squad and uh, you'll get the best of care out there. Now, Terry, last week the Sam White rule was required with both Max Coxall and Daniel Walsh they had uh, misfield misfield by the exact 0.35 length margin and uh under the white rule first in best dressed max gets the result max of course is a uh, long time tipster on ozrace the ozrace website good fellow max and he has saluted in the get out stakes for the very first time and i'll tell you what what would we do without the sam white rule just complete chaos here Oops. at one one so we changed our lives <laughs> Now to enter the Get Out Stakes this week's edition. It's race nine at Ascot on Saturday. Uh, send us a tweet at the one one pod. Let us know who you think wins and a decimal, um, sorry, do two decimal place margin is preferred. And the Sam White rule, of course, Terry, never forget it. Cameron Zer, half of the brown line. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. That is great. Uh, okay, so <laughs> is he even getting a game? Is he in the twenty-two? <laughs> I think he's yeah, here, mate. Come in. on, chief. I think he's injured. Actually, here, um, mate. Race nine is the Crown Perth Handicap Graduation One Metro Win Conditions, and it's a fourteen hundred meter event to uh, to wrap us up. Bit of a pretty even lot here, Guru. What did uh, what did you come up with? Uh, very similar to race number six, BJ. I. I it's such a thin race after the top uh, top three. I expect one of them to win. 
Um, but I none of them get me at the prices though. Uh, Rebel Zone, forget it went around last start. Wrong steer going forward, then sitting, and it was just just ugly, ugly, ugly. Yep. Go back to its previous run versus Stella Vista. It was a far better run than Stella Vista, but. Does Rebels only get 1,400? The jury does still have to be out on that to some degree. Mm -hmm. Barrier one late in the day can also be a bit of a, a muddling barrier in a race with no tempo because what's the one thing they will tell Chris here? Get cover. Get Do cover. not be yeah. in front. And what's the one thing that Ash Maley says would never sober? I want cover. I want cover. Will will they roll the dice and just go forward with great fortune? Will they just if, if you knew that for a certainty, I'd I'd happily have something on great fortune. It's probably a runaway, but I really like um this bloke just rolling along. Um oh, it didn't be a bloke. Uh I really like it's out in France, BJ, but I just don't know if that's what they'll do with him, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, well my, um, my notes as well. Don't mind the horse has ability if leads could be dangerous. So yeah, um, I just don't trust. I just don't trust. That's what they're going to do. George gently got the hot rail last time out. Remember that. So that made that performance look better, though. It should be better up in trip. Forever Dreaming got given a 10 out of 10 and Blazing Tycoon beat it. Blazing Tycoon surely doesn't win again. Losing Pike, drawing the widest. That was its win. Mm -hmm. um, I think the winner comes from Stella Vista was good. Um, good without being great. Did do a fair bit wrong. But look, I think the winner comes from Stella Vista or, or Rebel Zone. But yeah. Bang on four bucks each or so. That's about right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my other sort of outside the obvious is Ambergate Rose. Um, stiff last Saturday thought should have finished closer. Um, could be a bit of a blowout chance here in, uh, in the get out there. But uh, for me, just I just thought Stella Vista was massive after knuckling at the start and still managing to pick itself up, dust itself off, run third. Record at the Ascot 1,400 metres is excellent. I think it's more of a 1,400 metres horse, Stella Vista. So if she's going to get back into the winner's circle, I uh, think this is a tremendous option for Stella Vista. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Uh, definitely ticks a lot of boxes. All right, let's take a quick break, Terry, and when we come back, we'll have our best, our maddies and our lays for Rock Magic Stakes Day. All right, it's time for our Betfair Best betting propositions for Rock Magic Stakes Day. Over to you, Guru. What's your Betfair Best? Uh, we will go with it's probably a it's probably a toss up. It's exact same odds. They're about the exact same odds. So I'll go at two. We'll go race four, Birdie Eagle, and race eight, Red Can Man. Okay, a little bit on the double at around eight bucks. Very good. My Betfair Best is race five, Top of the Pops. T.O. the P. T.O. the P. It'll be fas fascinating what that, that market does late. There'll be a lot that won't be fancied there, but a horse like Thomas Magnum could be the one that takes up a good 30% and mm -hmm. gets down to your 100% Betfair market. And, and Top of the Pops has potential to go around $1.90 Betfair or $3.20 yep. Betfair. So, yeah. Okay. yeah, it's a fascinating one. So hopefully if it does drift, the market's wrong. Jeez, uh, we, were, we, were, my, we, were, we were stuck for Maddie's. There's hardly any horses over of the small well, there's seven and eight horse fields yeah. most of the day. It makes it uh, it makes it difficult. So um, Roman Flirt in race number four is above my price. It's above twenty bucks, so that'll do me. I'll be I'll be just saving on it. But uh, yeah, something Roman Flirt's going super for Trevor Tully. I'm going to follow you in there. That's the only horse I could really come up with 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 mm -hmm. uh, with confidence anyway at a price. So classic rogue saluted. Bit of a trumpet. Where's I'll give trump? you twenty to one. Where's, away. where's yeah, it did I did? I, where's the trumpet? Well done with Classic Rogue. I was a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to talk about Classic Rogue because <laughs> I, I was only taking three in that leg of the quaddy, and I would have got the quaddy, and I, uh, I got talking to someone and did that at the races, and <laughs> didn't place my quadrilla. So, um, look, I, 
I'd like to have that moment again if I could. But, uh, no, well done. Extremely well, uh, extremely strong selection, DJ. <laughs> Need to get that. Need well to get done. Gender install that. Um, that trumpet it was noise. a great. Um, yeah, we actually do need that trumpet noise. <laughs> oh, Dear man, that's all you'd hear though. I'm sure, wouldn't it? All right, I'm what's your uh, what's your lay? Oh, uh, there's no obvious lays. It's a thin markets. A lot of lot of markets. Pretty accurate. Um, Tina Kutu is $2.40 a place in race four, and here's Dreaming's $2.20 a place in race five. I think we can take both those on at close to even money. All right. Well, I, I just think Red Can will win um, really strong on Red Can on Sunday. So, you know, therefore, Baby Paris are probably going to be holding firm at around the $3 mark. It can be my lay for the day in the Rock Magic stakes. So, what price for you, Baby Paris? I was more like, I was more like 380. What yeah. were you? I was longer than that. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Ma- I'd massive my second favourite just in the set weights and penalty set up in the barrier. But I, I probably should have had Baby Paris second favourite, but yeah, not comparable to the current market. It's definitely lay at that price. Yeah. The only thing that with that's like with its last run in the uh, jungle miss was that it, it the week before, I think it was when it reared over and hurt itself in the prior mm. to the running of the Placidark Stakes. And it, and it was hard in the market in the Placid Arc Stakes won by my Bella May. So I don't know whether what that incident might have, how much it would have taken out of it in the Jungle Mist. But regardless, really bullish on Red Yeah, exactly. Really bullish on Red Can on Saturday. Therefore, I'm going to make Baby Paris my lay. Yeah, I'm always wary on taking on a horse that with unknown upside yeah, as well. Yeah. That's strongly, you know. So yeah. happy to back Red Can. But um, yeah, just that's the concern in that sense. All right. We made it. We did make yeah. it. No more uh, madman running around the building. <laughs> no more alarms going off. You're, you're safe. Yeah, we got we got evacuated. We're safe and sound, and now we can uh, get we can get out of here. We can get into AFL mode now. So yes. well, I tell you what, BJ, your homework for the week as well. I've just seen the uh, the crew, the Races WA podcast. Alex Brits and Locke have uh, put up a, the best WA racehorses from the last twenty years. Um, there's a list of 32 horses there. So your homework is to come up with a three-two-one for me next week and add a reason why, and I'll do the same. Easy. Consider it done. You got that? Yeah. That's your homework. So I've narrowed it down to... I've narrowed it down to about eight of them already. So you got to cut. I don't know. There's different ways of looking at it. Have they? Do you know they need to perform over a race? Do they need to have won multiple Group Ones in WA? It's, it's going to be very difficult to come up with a number one without bias. Yes. Yeah. I did notice there was quite a lot of Perth Cup winners in that list. That um, I don't mm. know whether the, I think there's they might not be as deserving as some others. But we'll have a we'll have a gander and we'll come prepared for next week's edition of the One One Guru. We certainly will. Thank you to our producer, Jen. Um, always a difficult one to uh, to edit a, uh, what's it called? A remote edition. So we thank her and uh, for putting up with us. And um, BJ, until next week's Oaks edition of the 1-1. <laughs> Thanks, Derek.